Say with me or after me these words. I have daddy issues. Some of you don't mean it. Say it again. I have daddy issues. You do have daddy issues, whether you know it or not. You may have, like I did, have the greatest parents in the history of the world. <laughs> but you still have daddy issues. You do. Because nobody, no parents are perfect, and their parents weren't perfect, and their parents before them passed down things, and people are just functioning out of this like trickle-down daddy issue effect, Right? And we don't, we don't even have to go back that far, you know, generation to generation. We can go even further back. We can go all the way back to the beginning. Because when you start at the beginning, it's a good place to start. And so let's, let's just look real quick at Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, the foundation of all relationships, it started with Adam. And, and here's, here's the way it went. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God created you in his image. Creation is an expression of God's love, right? He, he's already in this perfect relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're not going to go into that. Even if I did, you wouldn't completely get it because it's this mysterious thing. But you just have to trust. They are th- this mysterious three-in-one, God in relationship with itself, three parts. And they have this perfect relationship at the center of the universe. And they created you and me to enter into that relationship with them. They already had Birds in the sky and fish in the sea and livestock, they already had all that stuff, but they created you and me in their image. Now, how many of you have friends and your friends have stuff in common with you, right? You do things, you you do things together. You, You have friends that you like and you oftentimes like them because you watch football together, you go surfing together, you play volleyball together, you go shopping together. If my wife tells me that she's going shopping with a friend, I go, no enemy. That's a, you know, that's, not, that's no friend of mine. But <laughs> you, we, we do things with our friends because we have stuff in common, right? So God created us in his image to be in relationship with us. Not that we would be gods, but that we would be God-like, that, that we have his imprint on our soul. Hillary and I are about to have a our first baby in uh, like any time it could happen, I guess. Hillary, if, if I go rushing out of here, uh, we've had enough of Jairus, so Jordan will come up and finish the message. Uh, because we're gonna, we could have a baby any time, and, and that's, I'm struck with the reality that this kid, when he comes out, he's going to have my DNA. Hopefully he looks quite a bit you know, like me or more like his mom, Hillary, and he will have our likeness in some way. There's this mysterious reality that God wired this earth, that he creates us in his image, and he gives us a glimpse of that with DNA, that we reflect the image of our earthly family as just telling a larger story that we also reflect his image. God created you in his image, and he designed you to have a relationship with himself. But here's the reality, because I know that most of us probably have some kind of issue, baggage, 
deal kind of with our family, and we act out in different ways because of the brokenness that we've seen from whether it's our parents or whether it's other authority figures, or we just have that, that disconnection in our souls. We have that disconnection. We then put that we have are disconnected from God. It translates through. We see God in the way that we see our parents. And so if there's not a perfect reflection, if you don't have a great relationship with your parents, you probably have some kind of a misunderstanding of God. That would be normal and understandable. And so we want to take a few minutes at the, at the onset here, at the beginning, to just get a little bit of a glimpse of who this God is, who he really is, because we need to remember, reflect, and think about this all the time. Because of our human relationships get, get messy, we need to always bring ourselves back to the truth of who our Heavenly Father is. The first thing is God is love. Look at this verse in 1 John. It says, and, we, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever loves, who, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. God is love. Love is the embodiment, is embodied in God. He is the originator. It's his idea. He is the source. You can't have real and meaningful love apart from God. It's, it's all about him. It's his idea. He's the one that enables it. God is love. And then, so the next verse in 1 John, just a few verses later, it says, we love because he first loved us. We love because he is the source of love, and we receive it from him, and then we then have the capacity to love in response, love him back, and love others. That's, that's how he wired the world. And friends, you might be confused about your love life today in some way, but don't miss out on this reality, that the God of the universe loves you loves you just the way you are. In this moment, despite everything that's happened, despite anything that you've done in the past, despite how much attention you paid to him, despite how intimate you think your relationship is with God, he loves you. And he wired you, designed you in his image and for relationship. God is love. And God is a loving father. Matthew six twenty six says this. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store foods in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable than they are? That's not bad news for birds, by the way. That's good news for you. Your heavenly Father loves you, and he knows what you need, and he provides for you. If he can provide for every single little bird that's flying around, he can provide for you. He knows what you need before you do. He knows the plans that he has for you. God loves you, and like a father, he provides for you. Look at this next verse in Matthew 7, 11. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father get, give good gifts to those who ask him? We just had Christmas not too long ago, right? You knew what your kids, if you had kids or your friends, you knew what they wanted. You, you knew what they wanted for Christmas. And, and, and even if you couldn't afford to give it to them, you wanted to right? Because even like regular people want to give good gifts to people that they love. How much more does your heavenly father want to give good gifts to you? I remember when I was a kid, I don't know, probably like seven or something like that. We, it was Christmas and uh, my, my, my brothers and I, two younger brothers, we were really into GI Joes. And uh, my, my parents, we got this um, GI Joe aircraft carrier, you know, and so 
I don't know if you grew up playing G.I. Joe, but this thing is massive, and it took all night to assemble. So, so my, my parents stay up all night, don't sleep, assemble this seven-foot-long G.I. Joe aircraft carrier in the middle of the living room, right? You don't, don't, I think people are smarter today. Don't buy stuff that needs crazy assembly, right? You don't shop for your kids at Ikea. That's just, that's, that's just you're, you're going to regret it. And, and it's, it's, not, it's not a fun thing, especially if little Johnny like wakes up in, in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. He's going to think that Santa has a swearing problem uh, <laughs> because you will be out there all frustrated. So, so my, my parents stayed up all night long building this ginormous aircraft carrier because even our regular parents love to give good gifts. How much more does your heavenly father know what you need and love to give good gifts to you? Now, I, I, I know that's a lot of us probably. Our daddy issues connect us to this idea is confusing. We, we think Heavenly Father, but we see an image of our dad. And maybe your dad was an angry dad. Maybe he left and you didn't know him. Maybe he just kept to himself and was totally kind of emotionally detached. Maybe he gave gifts, but he used them to manipulate or in some, some way like that. You just need to know that dad and mom and whoever, they, they were operating out of their own daddy issues that had just been trickling down for generations. But your heavenly father loves you, gives good gifts to you, has a plan, and he can overcome all the daddy issues, all the junk and the mess that's happened in our lives. That's what he does that our ultimate daddy issue is resolved in connection with our heavenly father. So God is love. He is a loving father. And then God moves toward us and with us. Look at this next verse. It says, so do not fear, for I am with you, God talking. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then in Matthew 1, when he sent Jesus to this earth, he had the name Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. So not only did he create us, but in order to restore this broken relationship with us, he sent his own son. He came in the form of a human being to die a brutal death, to be sacrificed on a cross, to pay for all of our sins and all of the brokenness in our lives, that, that it would all be forgiven. God with us us. And he still moves towards you and wants to move with you today. That is your heavenly father. So we all have daddy issues. One, because our parents aren't perfect. And two, because ultimately we were created for connection to our heavenly father. That is what makes the rest of our, issue, our, our relationships work, is that love relationship with him. So I want you to do this. Get out your right hand or your left hand if you're left-handed. You're going to do a little, little action um, along with me. Because when this relationship is disconnected, every other relationship is affected, right? When this relationship is disconnected, every other relationship is affected. God is love. He's the source of love. And when this doesn't work, we mess everything else up. We bumble around trying to fill that, that, that void when, with other relationships and in unhealthy ways, and we end up ruining them. We, we end up wrecking them all. Because just like the young teenage girl whose dad withdraws 
doesn't show her any affection, she's going to find it somewhere. Just like the, the boy whose dad is harsh, abuses him, or withdraws, he's going to act it out in other ways. He's going he's to express his anger and whatever else on other people. We have this need for our connection to our Heavenly Father. And when that is not right, we do destruction in our other relationships. So that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look now in Galatians chapter 5. This is, this is how, this is what happens when we don't have that connection with God. We operate in this way, and there's, but there's hope for us today in Galatians 5. It says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. The flesh is just the physical, right? So there's a spiritual, the spirit is what wants to connect with God. The flesh is everything else. It's the human part of us that doesn't feel connected to God. And so it wants to go and do our own thing. It wants to take matters into its own hands and try to fill that void on its own. So the the author, Paul, is saying, don't indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love for all the law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Now look at verse 15. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed. That verse speaks to this appetite, doesn't it? This appetite that is unsatisfied because the connection with God is lacking because we all have daddy issues in one way, shape, or another. And so this appetite wants to go at people. It wants to use relationships. It wants to use people. It wants to take. And it's, it's unsatisfiable. We can't satisfy that relationship. And so it says, don't you, when you bite and devour relationships, you'll destroy them all. And that is the tendency. It's a, and it's a, it's a downward spiral because when the appetite is out of control, we, we, just, we just spiral out of control. We just harm those around us because hurting people do what? They hurt people. Hurting people hurt people. And so that cycle just goes and goes and goes. Here's what it looks like. Verse 19 says, The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, and on and on it goes. When you give in to those things, when you let the flesh go, when you're compensating for that, for that void, that lack, and you go and try to find it on your own and feed that appetite, those are the result. Whether we do that, whether we might not even realize you're doing it, but when we go to pornography, when we overeat, when we get jealous of somebody else, when we resent, when we hold on to bitterness, those are all the outplaying of this thing, this, this unsatisfied thing within us, and we're trying to get it from other people, and so we use and we manipulate and we destroy relationships, all because we are disconnected from the source of good relationships. And we become a slave to that appetite. It just keeps going and going and going, and it's never satisfying. Famous, famous stories, right? I mean, you, can, you can look throughout history. You see them time and time again of the people who get famous. Take a band member or a, or a small band who started in Arkansas, and a handful of these guys that are playing in coffee shops and bars, and then they get invited to the local like state fair, and they're a big deal. And then someone sees them and invites them to L.A., and they get a big record deal. 
Now they're traveling around and playing big shows. All their wildest dreams are coming true. They're playing internationally. They're making tons of money. They, they're sleeping with anyone that they see virtually at these shows. They have, they have you know, drugs and alcohol at their disposal. They're just jumping all in and living it up because they, they just when they start feeding that appetite, they just need more, and they just spin out of control ultimately. And then one band member starts to get jealous of the lead guy because he gets all the attention, and he's the famous one and the front guy. And then so he quits. Another guy ODs on, on something and, and dies. Another guy commits suicide, and another guy's living under the pier in Santa Monica. You know, I mean, that, that's the story of countless famous bands and this rise to stardom because when we have access and we can fill and fill and fill our appetite, it just speeds up that pace and we go out of control and we wreck all our relationships. It happens time and time again. Some of you know from experience what happens when those relationships are the victim of that appetite inside. Becoming a slave to your appetite leads down that dangerous path. And some of you, some of you are on it or some of you have been on it. And some of you know that you have, in essence, cannibalized your relationships. That you've just torn through them. Maybe, maybe you've been the person that's looked for the girl that has daddy issues, and you've taken advantage of that. Maybe you've been the person that has the anger problem, and you're just wreaking havoc in different places. There's hope for you, because God can restore. He forgives, and he wants to heal your soul your daddy issues with him. That he designed you in his image to have relationship with him so that your relationships can flourish. There's hope for you. And then some of you maybe are victims of this kind of relational cannibalism and you find yourselves in situations where you're constantly being taken advantage of, maybe abused. Maybe you don't understand your value and you put yourself in terrible places time and time again. There's hope for you. God wants you to know how deeply loved you are, how valuable you are to him, your heavenly father. There is hope today, and there's another way. Look at verses 16 and 17. It says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desire desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. The, the, the flesh is this out-of-control appetite. The spirit wants connection with its creator. A number of years ago, I was told a story. It's about this uh, Native American chief. And every year, he would bring the young boys in the village to him for their like passage into manhood. And they would have this week away and they would sit beside a fire every night and they would talk about things that the chief needed to, wisdom to impart to these younger men. And they would become, this was their kind of journey at 16 or so into adulthood and, and manhood in their tribe. And so the chief would sit them down and he would talk with them. And on this one night, he told them about the two wolves. He said, boys, inside of you are two wolves. One wolf is good. He's strong, he's stable, he's a protector. He defends those who are weaker than himself. He provides for those who can't provide. He is good and strong. But there's another wolf inside of you. That wolf is a savage. That wolf just takes and takes and takes and is never satisfied. That wolf preys on the weak. That wolf will wreck your life. 
And the boy's looking like with big eyes, like there's wolves inside of me. One of the boys responds back and says, um, the chief says, these wolves are at war all the time. And so one boy looks back at him and he says, so which one wins? And the chief pauses for dramatic effect. And he says, the one you feed, the wolf that you feed, if you perpetually feed that flesh, that appetite, thinking that that will satisfy you, you will spin out of control and you will destroy many relationships. And some of you know how that works. If you feed the connection to your heavenly father, if you feed that daily, moment by moment connection that he wants to have with you, who he created for relationship, then you will be healthy, then you will be whole, then you will enjoy the life that he meant for you to enjoy. You will surrender to God's spirit and the result will be this. In verse 22, the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of being connected to God is love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance means patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things, there is no law. These are the result of connection to your heavenly father because of his spirit. When you're connected to his spirit, these things produce. Now, here's the thing, here's the thing. You can't manufacture these things. Some of you are like, okay, I, 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 those are some good things on that list. I want those on my life. And you're like, well, okay. But the result is not better performance or really like gritting your teeth and really trying to bear fruit. The, the, those are a byproduct, a result of staying connected to your God. As you feed the connection to your God through his spirit, these things are produced in your life. That's the way it works. You can't make them. He makes them. Your job is to stay connected. At the center of the universe is this relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and he invites us into that relationship. The secret, the hope for you and for me is not better performance or, or just you know, a different way of dealing in relationships alone. It is connection and relationship with him. It's relationship and connection that enable us to live with these fruit of the Spirit. How, is that, how does that work? Look at, look at verses 24 and 25. It says, Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So we talked about Jesus coming, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus came and paid the price on the cross. He, he made the way for this relationship to be, to be restored. And then the Holy Spirit now leads the way. Jesus made the way. The Holy Spirit now leads the way. And we're invited to keep in step. To keep in step just means as you go, as you live, moment by moment, you're just staying connected. You're, you're spending time. You're aware of his presence. Staying in step with a friend is just, it's just, it's, it's just closeness. It's this nearness. It's awareness of proximity, right? It's the same with our relationship with God. Nearness, proximity, awareness, speaking, spending time. That's the relationship that he wants. Because discipline, habits, all these things, they're good. But first and foremost, what we need is that connection to our creator. Because we all have daddy issues. As great as your parents were, you still have daddy issues because nobody's perfect. But ultimately, your daddy issues. The thing that's missing, the, 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 the thing, that thing that you don't feel like you can satisfy can only be satisfied in a relationship with your Heavenly Father. All the other relationships 
will become healthy, will, will flourish, there will be love out of that relationship working properly. Now, some of you today, some of you need to forgive people in your life. Maybe it's your dad. Maybe it's, maybe it's your mom. Maybe there, there's forgiveness that still has to happen. Maybe that's triggered emotion for you because you, your view of the Heavenly Father is distorted because of your view of your real dad. And maybe today it's a matter of kind of letting go of that and saying, I, God, help me, help me to forgive this person. Others of you may have felt the conviction of God's Spirit saying, no, I need to go and ask forgiveness because I have just been a consumer in this relationship. I have just been taking in this relationship. And this has been just to feed an appetite that has not been healthy. It has not been about love. It has not been about wanting to receive God's love and love of the people. It's just been about what I want. And I've been feeding that wolf and these things have have transpired or as a result of that. And your next step might be just to go to somebody and ask their, ask their forgiveness. Moms and dads, this is a great opportunity to point toward the Heavenly Father. You might mess up in, in any number of ways, but if you let your kids know how loved they are, and then even more than that, that they're more loved by their Father in Heaven, that's a good thing. I... Uh, I have a friend named Eric, and we used to play basketball all the time, and he would tell me about his kids. He was so proud of his kids. He is so proud of his kids. And he, uh, he had a daughter who got sick a couple of years ago, and I believe it was leukemia or some form of cancer anyway, and she battled. She battled for two years. She battled like crazy. She had a good relationship with her dad. She knew that she was loved. She had a good relationship with her heavenly father. And because she, this precious little girl knew how much her heavenly father loved her, she wanted other people to know. And so while she was going through chemo and radiation and just a brutal, brutal medication cycle, she had her friends and family make toys for other kids at Chalk Hospital who were going through cancer treatments. That was her at 10, 11, 12 years old. She died last year. She lost her fight with cancer. And my friend Eric started a foundation in her honor called NEGU. It's N-E-G-U. It stands for Never Ever Give Up because that was her slogan. I'm never going to give up. And so dad walked with daughter through that painful journey, and he still walks with her in a way today. He has a journal that he keeps. And he had an entry in this journal this week, and I felt like I just needed to read it to us this morning. This is my friend Eric's Jesse journal. Hi, sweet pea. I sure hope you're doing great. I wonder what you actually are doing and what heaven is really like. I can't wait to see you. I was hoping Monday when I had my shoulder surgery and they put me to sleep that maybe I would see you. Wishful thinking. Just a daddy with a broken heart wanting to see his little girl. Shea used a picture of you for a photography class assignment this week. It was just of your eyes. Eyes tell everything. They can communicate good or bad, sad or happy, hurt or hope. They say that eyes are the window to a person's soul. If that's true, then your soul is beautiful. 
God blessed you with some amazing blue eyes that would light up the room in seconds and my heart. It was your eyes that told me you were going to heaven that day. And he says, darn, that day still haunts me. I go over and over your treatment plan wondering what I could have done more of. More prayer, more meds, more doctors, more natural stuff. Then I realized I couldn't have done anything more because God desired you home with him. You needed true rest for your body. Rest that only he could provide you. Rest that restores all to original beauty. I know when I see you again, you will be fully restored and your eyes will tell me, I'm good, Daddy. And he finishes, miss you tons, love you more, see you in a wink, I promise. Love, Daddy. That's a good dad. But he's not a perfect dad. He's he can get through this part of the journey because he knows and trusts that her perfect heavenly father has that sweet little girl in his arms right now. He knows and believes that there is a God in heaven who created his little daughter in his image and who designed her to have a relationship and that relationship is going on in heaven as we speak and he celebrates that. And friends, the good news for you and me is that we were designed for the same relationship and you don't have to wait until the other side to experience it. You can enter into that communion with God, that relationship with God, that walking in his spirit now. You don't have to live out of your appetite and cannibalize your relationships and try to fill that gap with all these other things out there. You can try, it won't get you anywhere. You'll just be more and more miserable. But your heavenly father who loves you, who made you, created you wants a relationship with you wants you day to day just like just like a real dad interact talk spend time connect be together it sounds funny because he's invisible and i get it but it's real that's that's his been his plan all along that's why he sent his son. That's why he, his spirit makes that happen. It's this mysterious and yet somehow understandable thing. And he wants that connection with you. So as the band plays this next song, I just invite you to sit, to talk with your heavenly father, to receive from him, to listen to his spirit. See if he would, see if he would speak to you this morning. God, I just pray that you would speak. I pray that you would give us the courage if we need to go and ask forgiveness of someone else. I pray that you would give us the grace to forgive others if they've, as they've hurt us and just the grace to know that there aren't, there aren't labels of, you know, this girl has daddy issues or this guy's a bad father or this whatever. None of the, we don't care about any of that. We're, we're all messed up, but we all have hope because of you. We all want relationship with you. That is what we need, God. We want more intimacy with you. We want more connection to you. We want we want more of a sense of your love for us, that your love can flow through us into all our other relationships because that's how you've designed our lives. Speak to us now in Jesus.